Welcome to Last in Line Leadership Podcast, where we are operating by the standard set in Mark 9.35, where Jesus says, he who wants to be first will be last of all and servant of all. Contrary to popular belief, servant leadership is not weak leadership. On the contrary, we are trying to model and reflect the character of Christ and serve as he did. So we are here at Last in Line to empower and equip you to find the leader within yourself that empowers other people and encourages other people, that serves other people. So we're glad you're here. Settle in to this episode and enjoy your time here at Last in Line Leadership. Well, um, just so you know, before I hit record, I almost didn't take it off mute. So play that out a couple few minutes later and you would have had me just moving my lips and nothing coming out that would have been great i don't know if you've ever done that but yeah so now we're good we've got the uh mute button off uh and you know i I started thinking about something today and well all week really uh wondered if you've ever run into this people who won't accept any sort of leadership without a title they won't step into any sort of lead role or they won't take on initiative of any kind because they don't have a title. They don't have this formal recognition of being a coach, a leader, a manager, a boss, fill in the blank of whatever title you think would be applicable. But there's those guys out there that a, they criticize leadership um, from the cheap seats and then they don't ever just step in and take the reins uh, because they don't haven't been formally, I guess, given the reins. So today I'm going to talk to you as that theme relates to ministry. And I think this might hit home for some of you. I know it's going to hit home for me because I used to be this guy, so I can make fun of this guy. So I'm probably going to make fun a little bit. I'm probably going to be uh, maybe a little hypercritical of this particular guy, but it's only because I was one at one point, probably. Um, and so I'm going to tell you, basically, there's three stops and starts of your ministry that I want to happen. After you hear this, I want you to be better and further down the court. Like we talked about before, it's all about just moving the chains. You do that enough and you get to the destination. So we're going to move the chains here today. We're going to be a little better when we're done than when we started. So this is going to be called the mission mandate. This is your mission and it's your mandate. And I got proof of that. I got three scripture for you that proves it. So you are in ministry, whether you know it or not. Guess what? You don't have a title that says pastor. You don't have a title that says apostle, prophet. You don't have a title that says senior leader of a congregation. You don't have this ministry business card. Okay, Your email signature doesn't say anything about your qualifications for theology, your certifications and degrees from seminary, nothing. But you're in ministry. A lot of you out there shaking your head saying, I'm not really in ministry, right? I go to church, but I'm not in ministry. Newsflash for you, and you're the guy I'm going to be making fun of today because you're wrong. 
We're all in ministry. And if you don't argue with me, argue with scripture. My pastor who says, don't get mad, get scripture. So we're going to have scripture for you. So if you're going to push back on this, then I want to hear your scripture and to back it up. So the one I stand on every time we talk about us lay people being in ministry, not vocational ministers, but us, the ordinary average dude, chick that sits in the pew. And we're all called to ministry. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. If you look it up, Google it on up, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service and for the building up of the body of Christ. They, so he, God, gave these fivefold roles. It's the fivefold ministry, as you heard before. These are the formal, qualified titles of people in vocational ministry, right? Evangelists, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. Some are more than one of those. Some are one. Some are all. We don't know. But I'm telling you that they, the pastors of your church, the apostles, the prophets, the teachers, the the, uh, evangelists, they are equipping the saints. So for the equipping of the saints, we're the saints. Who else would it be? It's the congregation, it's us, the group, the people that are tithing, the people that are giving offerings, the people that are serving, volunteering, showing up, drinking the coffee, raising their hands during the worship. It's us. We're the saints. God equips us by those, the fivefold ministry to do the work of the ministry on the street. The pastor may not get outside the four walls of that building, so he may never see the people we see. So they need us to be an extension of them. Therefore, the fivefold ministry equips the saints to do the work of the ministry, the work of service for the building up of the body of Christ. We have a mission, folks. The mission mandate is we're being equipped to do the work of the ministry. Without a title. There you go. You don't need a title. You've been given a mission. You've been given a purpose. So it's time that we get on purpose for that. And we're going to talk about some of that later. But I love that scripture. I love that it applies to everybody. Assuming you're a believer, which most of you, 99.999% who listen to this are, um, I'm telling you, we're all called for this. There's another one. I got two more for you here. There's another one that says we're called to go out and be the hands and feet of Christ. We're called to be the body of Christ out in the world, right? We're not called to be of the world, but in the world, okay? But we're called to what? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 19. The Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. Okay? It doesn't say to the pastor, you and your staff are the only ones qualified to go make disciples. 
and to baptize people. If that were the case, we'd have such a small body of Christ. We'd have so few people saved. There's only so many Billy Grahams, right? But the, the pastors in the church are called to teach. They're called to, some may prophesy. They're called to evangelize and, and pastor a flock, shepherd a flock. That's a lot. That's a big job. Our job is to go out into the streets and be the body of Christ, to do the work of the ministry, because that's why we go to church to get equipped, to get fed, right? To drink from the well and then go out and water. Bible, Bible says those who water will themselves be watered. So we go to get filled up and then we go to get equipped and then to go out and use that to reach lost people, to disciple new Christians, to disciple veteran experienced christians to to iron sharpen iron each other uh so we're all called to ministry you're going to hear me say that a lot this this episode and and you may be you know just like me you know fairly far down the road on your christian walk you know 15 no almost 20 sorry lived in texas 15 years i've been uh saved for i'm gonna say 19 and so some of you are further down the road than me. Some maybe not as far, but either way, we're all called to ministry. Uh, it doesn't have anywhere in there. Those that are qualified, you are called to ministry. Okay. Though, you know, you've heard the, the saying that, uh, and I think it's a scripture. I, I don't know where it is, though. I don't have the exact chapter and verse, but, you know, God doesn't call the equipped he equips the called and we're all called if we're saved if we're in his image right we're believers we're all called and, and look i'm not a pastor and i'm not intending this to be a church service on this episode but what i am called to be is someone who really peels back the layers of what god's word's trying to say sometimes and you know put my take on it, how it's impacted my life, my examples, things that I've seen and done, ways I interpret Scripture. And it may not all be perfected the way I deliver this or my exact message, but I'm not a, you know, I'm not a pastor, so I'm not trying to give you a pulpit sermon. What I am trying to do is call you up and out, call you up into this mission mandate that we've all been given to be in ministry without the title. Now, the last one is out of 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, So we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Through us, we implore you, in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. So we are ambassadors for Christ. Basically, you know, we implore you in Christ's stead, meaning in His place, since He's not physically here, obviously. The Holy Spirit lives in us for a reason, to work through us, so that we may step in the gap, stand in the gap for, for Christ since He left. You know, He said He was sending someone uh, greater, a helper for us. So we're called to carry that. We're called to use that. We're called to be the light. We're called to be the salt and the light. We're called to be a reflection of Christ and His character. So why? Because we're ambassadors for Him. 
God pleading through us is what that scripture says, 2 Corinthians 5.20. So I've given you three scriptures to like really pour the foundation of this conversation. And I, I feel like we got a lot of guys. I'll speak to men right now, just men. We got a lot of men sitting in the pews, right? Sitting in church, in the finger quote congregation, they're they're checking the box, right? They're going. Maybe they're even in a, in a, a men's group, let's say, which is to maybe say they go have breakfast once a month and, and talk about the game, right, from the night before. I don't know, but not dog in men's groups because there are some that are really good and really impactful, and and really actually equip guys to go out and do what we're talking about and be in ministry and take that seriously. So here's the thing. I've got three starts, three stops. Technically, three stops, then three starts of your ministry. So we're going to stop doing some things. We're going to start doing some things. And I'm going to I'm I'm sitting in the audience with you really. I'm talking to me. This, you know, just as much as I am you, but I have gotten it and and actually internalized and kind of taken hold of this concept more than I ever have, more than I did, you know, 20 years ago before I was saved, of course. Um, but early in my Christian walk, I don't think I really got this because I was trying so hard to get noticed by the quote-unquote ministers and the the vocational pastors, right, to come alongside them, maybe even like hire me as a pastor, work for the church. Like you got those guys that get on fire for God, early in their walk, you know, that first two, three years and they're learning and they're hungry and they're, they're bought in and they're getting fired up and uh, energized by this mission of reaching lost people, right. And being in the, you know, being buttoned up spiritually and, and really walking this thing different than they ever have. And they feel this energy and they feel peace and empowered. Like it's a great, it's all good stuff. But we also have those that are caught up in the appearance of doing church, quote unquote. So that's our first one is stop doing church and start being the church. So you've heard me say, start talk, stop talking about it and start being about it. Stop doing church. You know, I'm going to, I mean, I'll get real generalized here and, and really kind of, broadly canvas as I talk about this because you know I'm not talking to everybody but broadly speaking uh you know you all know who it is the guy the clean pressed tucked in dude with you know carrying five or six books to church and he's doing it man he's looking the part he's he's trying to act the part and he's doing church you know the more books I carry in the better um Good for you, but that's not what I'm talking about when I say be the church. You know, not the guy that says in the lobby, he's talking to a, a guy that he might know a little bit, and the guy's going through some stuff, and he he kind of shakes his hand and leaves and says, hey, you know, I'll be praying for you, brother, and and walks out the door. To me, that's doing church. You're looking the part. On the surface, it seems like you're, solid in your face, solid in your walk and what you call to be, but going deeper, like that's a, that's an inch deep and a mile wide. Cause you're doing that with five or six other, you know, people every week 
Hey, I'll pray for you. Hey, I'll put you on the prayer list, which there's nothing wrong with the prayer list. You know that. But guys, having the courage and, and the boldness to stand right in the middle of a, of a lobby and, and catch hands with this guy, get your hand on his shoulder and pray for what he's dealing with right then. Invite God in. The Bible talks about two or more agree. Let it be done. And, and God is there in the midst of them. Not, hey, I'll pray for you. You know, maybe we'll catch up later. What if you don't see that guy again? You know, what if that was your moment and, and you were too busy doing church instead of being church? Um, I'll give you an example. And this literally, I, I'm, I turned 50 this year and it's the first time I'm one of the first times I've ever done this. So I'm not seeking a badge of honor for this by any means because I wish I'd have started doing this years ago. But I'm sitting at, at dinner with my wife actually a week ago today. And I'm, I, we're sitting looking at the menu, just kind of doing our thing, normal Wednesday night dinner, just me and her. And I'm like, out of the blue, it's like I felt this heavy weight just like drop in my spirit. And it said, this, this compulsion I had said, not audibly, but just kind of impressed in my spirit, pray for the waitress. And I'm like, what, what, you know, and, and it's one of those where I knew, but I didn't want to know. I knew what it was. I knew it was God telling me to do that. I didn't want to know that's what it was. And so I'm like, Hey babe. And I told her what I was feeling and she kind of looked at me and had this kind of grin on her face and kind of like unsure, like, you okay? Like what's going on right now? And, and, but she didn't push back. She was like, Oh, okay. I mean, I think she was kind of like, I can't wait to watch this. You know, let's see what this looks like. Um, so the waitress came over and I was like, Hey, I was, well, I, I take that back. I waited till she brought our food, of course, and I, we were going to pray for our food. And I was like, Hey, um, we're going to pray for our meals or anything, you know, on your mind, anything weighing on you, anything we can pray for you about. And I got her name. And, and as a matter of fact, her mom was dealing with cancer and it had spread to her lymph nodes. And this girl, you could just see, her relief that we were going to pray for her. And I said, have a seat. She sat down in the booth next to my wife. We prayed for this girl. I still remember her name. I won't use it here, but she was like, it almost looked like a weight was lifted off of her. I don't know what's going going to happen to her mom, but it wasn't a good situation. But you know what? She left something that left that night a little better, a little more at peace than she, when she started. And she was just, super grateful just couldn't stop thanking us for doing that and just couldn't believe that we actually you know that there were people out there that did that i don't know what that does to her faith i don't know where she stands with her faith i don't know if she goes to church i don't know what she's going to do down the road to pursue god even further but you know what i was obedient in the moment again not patting myself on the back but i'm going to tell you i bet i miss moments like that daily and I don't know why in that moment I was obedient, why I chose to be receptive, but I can tell you my heart was in a right place to expect God to do something and expect to hear from him. So in those moments when you're staring off into space, listen and feel, see if you feel God trying to impress upon your spirit to do something. And if he is, don't ignore it. So that's, to me, that's my definition of being church. That's being the church. Because if, if she were to ask, and I didn't tell her to come to church, I didn't invite her to our church, maybe I should have, but 
you know, it was kind of one of those moments that I didn't want to like beat her over the head and like hold her down with our whole spiritual thing going on, but it was enough to plant a seed and it was enough to make an impact. So we didn't just do church that night. We were being the church. So that's the first one. The second stop and start is going to be stop waiting for ministers to be the only ministers. Stop waiting for the pastor to be the only person in ministry that you know. Your family's called to it. I just gave you three scripture that say that you're called for it. The mission mandate, that's your mission. That's our mission. We are in ministry. So stop waiting for those people that have the title to do all the work. You know, we, we talk a lot about men in the church and some churches are woman friendly and we wish all churches could be more man friendly The from the music to the topics they talk about to, I don't know, just the overall environment being more welcoming to dudes. Right. And, uh, I'm thankful. I, I'm in a. I'm a home church. That my home church is is very man friendly. They're very uh, into man stuff. And, and yes, we empower the women as teachers of groups. And and you know the the pastor's wife is very called and anointed to teach and preach and speak and pray. Like she is powerful. And there's nothing wrong with that. But our church is man friendly. I would say there's some that aren't. And I don't think that's a secret to you listening. But if we talk about men stepping into leadership in a church, they have to feel like there's a place for that. But they also, sometimes to a fault, us guys want to be formally invited and someone to come grab our hand and take us to the trough to drink, to take us and set us down and give us a map spelled out on paper of what they want from us. I think that's an error in our part. I think we should see a need and go step into it using our gifts to fill that need, whatever it is. Yeah, we got a lot of guys serving, you know, in roles of uh, ushers and cafe and, and greeters and golf cart people and parking lot guys. I mean, like we have a lot of dudes that are out in front getting it done in service. But you know what? I bet we could use a lot more guys teaching guys in groups and getting down to the nitty gritty on certain topics. But guys maybe don't feel qualified. Guys maybe are waiting for that guy who's got a degree in the theology, who went to seminary to start a group, and then you'll step in whenever someone else is leading it because they're more qualified than you. Disagree with that. I disagree. I don't have any theology classes under my belt or on my transcript. I've taught classes at church for years. I, I've led groups for years. I pray in front of groups. I've done it for a long time. That doesn't make me special. In fact, it's the opposite. There's nothing special about me. So that should encourage you that there's room for you to do that. And guess what? You're qualified. If you're created in God's image and you've got the gifts of the spirit and you've got spiritual gifts and fruit of the spirit in you and you're wanting to serve people with a genuine heart, you'll find a place to be used. And if you pray, God will probably reveal some areas that you're not seeing that whether it's at work, don't be scared. 
don't be scared to care for people at work from a spiritual standpoint and ask if they need prayer for anything. Don't be scared to have people get together outside of work if they want to dive deep into a book or or just get together and go shoot handguns or go, I don't know, hike in the woods, go ruck somewhere, go lift weights, whatever. But I, I think we need more dudes to be bold and to step out and not wait. Because let me tell you, if you're waiting for a degree in ministry, you're not going to get one most likely. If you're waiting for someone to come and anoint you as a theology major or having a master's in divinity, you're not going to get that. You're going to be waiting a long time, and then you're going to look back and go, oh, well, there was work to be done. I probably could have done it, but I, I, I missed out on it. I don't want to be that guy either. So don't wait for the title. You're a minister. You're in ministry. You don't need a degree in theology. So that's the second one. Stop waiting for ministers to be the only ministers. Start doing ministry. Whatever that looks like, represent Christ, use your gifts, go serve the body, and help reach lost people or help save people grow. Be the iron that sharpens the other iron. That's ministry. All right, the last one. Stop being too busy. Start being on purpose. Let's say you've check the first two boxes. Let's say you are being the church in some form or fashion. I don't know. Serving at church is, is hey, that's not just doing church. That's actually being about it, being about service. Um, maybe you're praying with your family at dinner out in public, right? That's being about it. It's not just doing church. That's like living it. Okay, let's say that you... I don't know, you are started doing some ministry. Maybe you're leading a Bible study, right? Maybe you're not waiting for the pastor to be the only one that reaches people. Uh, maybe you've invited somebody to church. That's, that's something. That's not just doing it, doing church. That's being the church who's gathering people into the building. Maybe you're part, you know, you're an evangelist of sort. Uh, everybody's got gift, different gifts. So this last one is stop being too busy. Because if you've done those other two things, maybe you've got another level. Maybe there's another gear you could tap into, but you just don't feel like you've got the bandwidth from a time standpoint. You just don't have the margin in your day, in your week, to devote to maybe some extra ministry. I don't know what that looks like. Start a mastermind. Start an online Bible study. I don't know what that's like. Get a book. Get two or three guys to go through it with you. Um, you know, something we just started, some groups of us that know each other from across the country kind of spread out. But we've gone on the Bible version, the version app, and we've shared some devotionals with each other. And so we're all kind of reading the same day, the same devotional, and then writing notes and commenting. So it's kind of a virtual Bible study. It's kind of cool. Um, you guys may have already done this. This is not a new thing, I know. Uh, I don't know where I've been, been living in a cave, I guess, but, you know, actually doing it because I could have easily been like, I don't have time for that. You know, I don't have time to what all of the five seconds it takes to share a Bible study with some other guys and then type some comments and then do it again five, you know, five days in a row. Uh, that's, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah. I don't have time for that. Or, you know, I don't know, maybe we're too busy to pick up the phone and see what, your buddies are up to see what they're going through. See what, I mean, it doesn't mean you got to call 10 people every week. What if you call one a week? 
and just say, Hey man, I know you were going through something a couple months ago. How's that turned out? Or, Hey, I know you were looking for a job. Um, how's that come? How's that coming? You know, got any leads, whatever. Pray for them on the phone. Like there are people and things you can do and reach out to, um, to actually be on purpose. So for this role of ministry that you're in, you're never too busy for that. I mean, don't you think Jesus could have used that excuse? Look, I've just healed like 200 people today. I just fed 5,000 people. I just walked across a lake. Um, I, I don't have time to, to sit in this boat and preach to a group of people. I don't have time to take Peter out and show him that the you know his nets can be busting at the seams because you know God's just that good. I don't I don't have time. He could have not had time for a lot of things, especially after the stuff he'd already done. But he always found time. He always made time. He always made time to go hang out with the tax collectors, the sinners, the the sick. You know, he came to minister to the sick, not the healthy, is what the Bible talks about. So, you know, figure out what your gifts are. That's what I would say the encouragement would be is find out if you're gifted for encouragement. If you are, call some people, you know, encourage them, ask about their day, about their week, about whatever issues, encourage them. Right. If you're a leader, go lead people. Start something, a Bible study, a group. Take some dudes out in the woods, whatever. Uh, whatever gifts you know you have, there's room for you in the kingdom. There's room in the body of Christ. Because what's that first one say? Those fivefold ministers are equipping the saints to do the work of service for the building up of the body of Christ. So you're in the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. So you're prepared and equipped to go do the work of the body of Christ for the body of Christ. So start being on purpose, not being too busy. Nobody's too busy to do ministry. Um, so, I, you know, there's ways. Just figure out what you're good at. Figure out what you're passionate about from the standpoint of ministry. Figure out what there's a need for in your sphere, your sphere of friends, your maybe immediate family. Maybe that's where you start is in your house. Maybe you could be more of a leader there spiritually in your house. You're called to be the leader. Maybe there's a way for you to incorporate your children into nightly prayer as a family. Maybe you start asking one of them and you rotate who prays at night. There's just ways that you're not seeing right now because you're too busy. You got more bandwidth than you think. You got more margin in your day than you think. You've got more skills than you think. So you are qualified, right? God equips the called. He doesn't call the equipped. So if you're waiting on somebody to call you until you're, you know, waiting for to be equipped for someone to call you into ministry, you're going to be waiting a long time. None of us are equipped, right? But we are called to ministry. I hope you got better today. I know I did. I hope you got more empowered to go take a step without a title of leadership, without a title of pastor or minister. You are in ministry. This is your mission mandate. So recap, stop doing church. Start being the church. Stop waiting for ministers to be the only ministers. Start doing ministry and stop being too busy. Start being on purpose. With that, be blessed. Make your escape.